Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today, I'm a big, huge fan of. She's an artist that I've heard on Heart and Soul Radio Station for Sirius XM Radio. And her single, Before Dark, is playing all over Heart and Soul Radio. Her name is Sutch. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This is truly my pleasure. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really glad. Um, I was telling my wife, I was telling um I was I was telling you, I hear your song all the time and I love it. The before doc song. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> now I I did a little bit of research and I saw your album is called Wide Nose Four Lips. How did you come That's up with right. that title? Ooh. Um, so many things. I think, um, well, when I was little, um, I have, a, well, first off, I have a wide nose and full lips. And there was a family member that would always tell me that I, I should squeeze my nose to make it a little bit more pointed because, you know, anything that could be closer to like a white nose or something that's slender and pointy would be considered more beautiful. And so this this album and the album title is really like my unapologetic love letter to being Black, to embracing that, and to sort of flipping the script on um, standards of beauty. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is that like when you're told something like that as a child, you sort of start to internalize it. And I think that I'm 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 now really falling in love with myself and all the things that make me me, all the things that make me Black, and it's it's my wide nose and my full lips. You know what I mean? So um, that's sort of like the beginning of it. I feel like every time I think about the title, there are just so many more reasons as to why that title is poignant for me. Um, one of them being how representation is so important, being able to, to see somebody that looks like you, somebody who embraces all that they are and realize that they're beautiful. Um, in a time where, you know, having a wide nose can be described as, you know, as a way to be a perpetrator. One of, one of the things that really influenced me when I was um, writing this album was when there was like that uptick in police brutality and Philando Castile and all that kind of stuff. And I remember how the officer described Philando Castile. He said he had a wide set nose. Which is wow. like what every black person. Yeah, I, I <laughs> so, you never know, knew that. I, mean, I never knew that. Yeah. So I was just thinking about how, you know, instead of it being used as a way to, I guess, to describe a stereotype, but that it may be something that is used to describe beauty. So wow. that's a that short version. <laughs> that album title meant yeah. a lot more than I thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. What did you think it meant? Um. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I So I didn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking deep about it. I just was thinking, you know, yeah. wide nose, full lips. Um, but to hear you explain what it means, it's it's a great meaning because it shows like you're evolving as a person and you, you're becoming comfortable with the woman you've grown into. So I, now I actually love the Absolutely. item. I like, <laughs> oh, now you, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I liked it at I first. About, now I love yeah. it. <laughs> Now you love it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Now the song before dog, that's an amazing song. How'd you come about it? Whew. Okay. So before dark basically speaks to, so when I was in college, I was in a long distance relationship um, where, you know, whenever uh, my, my boyfriend and I, we got together, 
it, there was just this urgency, you know what I mean? Like, you know, how, like when you don't get to spend a lot of physical time with somebody, when you're in their presence, you're like, I've got to make every second count. And so that's what Before Dark is about. It's about that urgency, that intimacy, and just having like one last before we knew that we would have to go back to being in different parts um, of, of the U.S. And one of the things, like I think about how Before Dark makes me feel, and it's such a warm and like lush song that it, it sort of reminds me of like a hug. <laughs> so um, those are all, those are all of the things that that's the perspective from in which I was writing the song. Wow. Um, just that, yeah, just that urgency and intimacy when you want to, when you want to have one last with your boo. <laughs> so, so, so which from what you just said, you wrote, you actually the one who wrote the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did. Yeah. You got you got some amazing writing skills. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely a labor of love. I'm one of those people who goes back, who keeps going back and I revisit my lyrics and I revisit the melody until, you know, I feel like it's right. So I'm so glad that you love it. That means yeah, a lot. Because I'm so I'm I wasn't always this way, but as I've gotten older, I've paid more attention to lyrics. So I love the song, so I was yeah. like, let me go to Apple Music, because they actually show the lyrics, so I actually right. the lyrics, I was like, oh, man, that's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you so much. How did you feel when you first heard it on the radio? Uh, it's always, you know, it, it was really like a dream come true, and it's always such a, I don't even know, it doesn't, it doesn't get old, honestly. Like, if I'm to hear it now, it doesn't get old at all. It feels, it feels surreal and also just right. If that makes any sense, it's like, oh my gosh, that's me. Or, you know, there was one time where um, I was uh, getting my makeup done um, at my makeup artist salon, and she turned on the TV, and she usually has like music choice going, right? <laughs> she turned it on, <laughs> and before dark was playing, and it took me like five seconds to be like wait, what? Like, I was just so confused. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, that's, that's my song. And Was that your first time hearing it? That was the first time that I heard it on, on Music Choice. Yeah. Like, wow. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's, my, that's like my song. <laughs> it took me a while. I was like, oh, that's, like, the first one. I was like, oh, that song sounds vaguely familiar. It's so funny. And then it, like, really just washed over me that that was, that was my song and that people are able to hear it. And, you know, people like you are able to you know, love it and, and get to know it. And, and so in a way you're being introduced to me because of course a song is definitely a reflection of the artist. So that's always, it's always just incredible. It's mind boggling. And also it feels just right at the same time. Now I didn't, I didn't, I'm just coming up with this. I thought about this since you, since you went so in depth with this song, um, was that, mm-hmm. was it always your idea to have that as the lead single? Um, no, I didn't really, well, I don't know, because it was actually one of the earliest songs that I wrote for the album. Um, that song had so much clarity. And as I kept on writing more songs, I hadn't necessarily made a decision about that one being the lead single. But when I was done, um, I was like, no, this feels right. This needs to be, this needs to be the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great choice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
So I know it takes a lot to um, go in an album. You're talking about writing, you're talking about production, getting in studios. How long did it take you to complete this album? Um, I would say it took me a good, I would say a good three years um, from like, the beginning to like the finished product, maybe less than three years, maybe two, two and a half to three years. Um, I wrote, yeah, it took me because you know what? I wanted to take my time um, with this album. I wanted every song to be inspired and for it to be built off of inspiration instead of it being built off of the need for having another song. Does that make sense? Like I wanted it to just, I wanted it to feel right. So I didn't rush. Um, I took my time and I'm so glad that I did because everything feels just right. <laughs> everything feels good to me on the album. So um, you write the songs yourself, all of them? I, I do. I do. Um, but one of the songs on the album is actually, it's the first time that I have a cover on an album. Um, I did a version of John Legend's Ordinary People. So that's on the album. Um, the other nine songs, yeah, they're all originals and and what I liked about this process, I would say overall, is that I really got to um, play around with certain things. Like there were some songs that like the content was good, but like the first melody that I came up with didn't really make much sense. And also like I wrote way more songs than what ended up on the album because some songs just didn't end up fitting. You know what I mean? Like some of them I was like, it's a good song. It's not gonna make it to the album though. Or you know, yeah, that it just didn't feel like it was part of that body of work. Um, I wrote all of my songs first, and most of the songs I wrote while going on walks. It was really cool. There's So with my whole writing process, there really are no two songs that are written the same. Um, one of the songs that's on the album called Melanin is a song that I had a dream. Basically, I wrote it in my dream. So I have dreams. I, every time I sleep, I dream. I am an avid dreamer. Okay, if I take a nap, I'm about to have a dream. And sometimes, like, songs come to me in dreams, or I write songs in dreams. Not in the way of, like, oh, in, in my dream, I'm literally writing a song, but that um, I'll go to a concert, and the song that, you know, the performer is, you know, performing, it's their song in my dream, but it's a song that I wrote in my head. So... <laughs> For example, Melanin, in the dream, I was walking down the street, and I still remember this. I was walking down the street, and there was a storefront that had their door open, and they were piping the song out. They were playing the song, like the melody, and it was this. Right? So then I woke up, and it was, like, all over my dream. So then I woke up, and I just recorded into my phone, into my voice memos, like, that melody. And then I was able to come up with the chorus and um, my good friend who's a performance poet, she's featured on that song. And I just knew that I needed to have her on that song. But there are always such cool ways in which songs come to be. And each way is new and exciting. So, um, yeah, same thing like with Before Dark. Uh, my uh, my producer just started playing, you know, some chords and and that song just flowed out of me. So it's it's just really it's a it's a fun process.
Well, you got to get a it producer really credit. Who actually produced the song? What's his name? His or her name? What's that? Um, his his name is JC. He goes by JC. Now, is he? Is, did he produce other songs or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Um, and he's also in my band. And so, what's also another reason why I I take time, I think, or I took time with this particular album is that a lot of times, sometimes I like to try things out live first, long before I ever record it. Um, so I did that. Like I tried a few songs um, before I recorded them and just, you know, at one of my shows and I was like, okay, this worked, this didn't work. You know, I have a very active band and they all, they all put in their like two cents as far as like what the production should sound like. So it's, it's always such a fun group effort when it comes to taking a song from just being piano vocal to being the production that it is. Wow. So yeah. So mm-hmm. you have a so basically you have like a band who helps you who helps bring the music out and makes it feel good pretty much. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Now, I is there any favorite artists that you've had a chance to work with? Like some of your favorite artists mm-hmm. you've worked with? Um, let me think. Um like well known artists? No, no, it don't have to be well known. No, just artists and ge- just artists. Just artists in general. in general. Well, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed working with um, Carrie Joy, who's on who's on that song Melanin. She's really a dope. Like when you hear it, I know you're gonna. I, there's just the dopeness that, that just comes out of this woman's mouth is is it's unparalleled. It's beautiful. Um, I also enjoyed working with um, my friend Monique Brooks Roberts. She is a violinist. And she she does the strings on ordinary people. Um, that was also that was a super great experience. Um, there's so many people that I would love to work with. Also, that you know, I, I enjoy collaboration. That's honestly one of the most fun things for me because it, it's cool to be able to see what magic can be can be birthed out of you know two people coming together, or three people, or five. And so, um, oh, okay. who are yeah, some of the artists you would like to l- collaborate with? Ooh, okay. So I love Fantasia. Okay. <laughs> I really do. I would love, I would love to collaborate with Missy Elliott because I feel like she's such a producer. She's a performer. And I think she's been in the game for so long that she's, I think she's really good at being able to pull things out of people that maybe they didn't recognize in themselves. That's what I feel like. Um, is one of the cool things about producers. Like if they have a if they have good intuition to be able to help you discover facets of your artistry that you know you didn't you didn't necessarily know or you haven't tapped into yet. So I really would love to work with her. Um, working with Sade would be an absolute dream. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm, yes. Um, I love me some Rochelle Pharrell. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. I like her voice. You don't have any, I like any her. male duets? Like, no male duets? Yeah, I'm going to think about, yeah, let me think. Um, Some male duets. I think Kem would be awesome. Oh, okay. That would be I'm a good fit. Yeah. Do you think that would be a good fit? Yeah, I yeah. was thinking. I, I'm trying to think of, like, vocally, like, who that would work. Oh, how could I forget? I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. One of them. Um, on my album, Trial and Error, I collaborated with my friend, Matheny Trico, who is 
an amazing artist that I met when I was on American Idol. Um, we both were on American Idol, and so he's a good friend of mine. He was on Hamilton. He was in Hamilton for about a year and a half, the touring version of Hamilton. So he's he's phenomenal. That was he was a great person to to work with, to collaborate with, to sing with, just everything with. He's he's so much fun. Okay, I'm gonna fast forward again. Let's see what else. Um, I said Kim. I feel like there's somebody that I'm forgetting. Oh well, I can't collaborate with Luther, but I would have loved. Oh, of course. You mentioned American Idol. I didn't know that. How did that come about? Yeah, so I was on season 12 of American Idol, and I made top 60. Um, how that came about was literally, I live in Denver, and so literally I was sitting down watching TV, and, and a commercial for American Idol came on, and they were coming to Denver, and I remember something washing over me like, oh, I, I think I could do this. <laughs> and so... I went and I auditioned and I made it past the first, because the first, you know, they make it seem like the first round is the judges round. It's not. That's like the fifth round, the fourth or fifth round. Um, you have to make it through all these producer rounds first. So I made it through all the producer rounds and then um, I auditioned for the judges, which that year it was JLo, Ramby, and Steven Tyler. Um, and I sang Natural Woman, and I got three yeses to go to Hollywood, okay. and I made it to the end of Hollywood Week. Honestly, American Idol was one of the catalysts as to what made me decide to become a singer in the first place, because up until then, I was actually a nurse. Yeah, wow. so many things. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I made it to the end of Hollywood Week, and I remember I was devastated because I was um, cut when they cut like a whole room and um, I just remember Steven Tyler telling me that you know I should never stop singing and so when I got back home that's when I quit my nursing job and I was like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do music I don't know how it's gonna work out I have no idea how things are gonna fall into place but I believe that they will and they they have <laughs> it's, been, it's been a really amazing journey it really has What's the music scene like in Denver? Ah, oh, the music scene. It's definitely more than you think. Most people are like, what's in Denver? Yeah. <laughs> correct. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Most people are like, you know, whenever I go performing anywhere else, people are like, you live in Denver? Like what? Uh, the music scene is cool and it's growing and more people are moving here. So it's evolving, it's changing, and it's becoming, um, it's becoming actually really dope. Like, and the cool thing about the world is that like every every place is only a plane ride away. So it's it's not a big thing for me to hop on a plane and go perform in LA or go perform in New York or you know what I mean or anywhere else that I need to. So um I really enjoy it. I I, I love living here. It's been it's been a blast and um the community here is growing and it's I think it's thriving and I think it's strong and I think it's only gonna continue to do so. So when you were growing up, did you have a did you have a, a, a dream to be a singer? Yeah. Um, so I grew up on the East Coast. So I grew up in uh, Long Island, New York, and Massachusetts. And my dad's a pastor, so I grew up singing in church. Um, I never really considered music to be an option until I was 15. 
and I auditioned for this group called the Grammy High School Jazz Ensemble, which um, now is known as Grammy Band. Yeah. And um, basically, I got in, so I auditioned for the jazz choir. I got in, you get a 10-day all-expenses-paid trip to L.A., um, you perform with the jazz choir in jazz clubs all over L.A., you record an album, you perform at the Grammy nominee party, and then you get to go to the Grammys in 10 days. It was literally like a slice of a musician's life. So that was the first time where I was like, yo, I could do this. Like, this is so, it was so fun. It was really just one of those, it was one of those moments in which, like, that seed was planted. Um, and the cool thing about that was all the other kids that were in the ensemble, they all knew they wanted to be musicians. They all went to performing arts high school. Some of them had already recorded and released albums or whatever else. And these were high school students. So um, I came back <laughs> that first year when I was 15. I came back and I was like, I'm going to do music. I can do music. And so I looked up the closest performing arts high school. And <laughs> so I did a whole PowerPoint presentation for my parents about why they should let me switch high schools and how I wanted to be a musician and I wanted to, you know, sing and go to this high school. And they were like, mm, nah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, eh. like, we support you, but we need you to just know we don't want you to be a struggling musician. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame them because growing up, I didn't know anybody whose parents were were entertainers or artists or musicians. Like, so that was just not in the realm of possibility for them. They're just like, what we know of musicians is that everybody don't make it and you could most likely be a struggling musician. So I yeah. think from that point on, I just saw music as well. If I can't do this as, you know, an actual career, then I'll, it'll be my, it'll be my release. It'll be my hobby. It'll be my outlet. So I was super active at churches. I like directed choirs and praise teams and did, you know, the whole shebang. And then fast forward, it became a nurse. I got like my first degree was in exercise science because I wanted to be a physical therapist. I worked as a physical therapy aide for a little bit. And all the physical therapists there were like, don't be a physical therapist, go be a nurse. So that I went to nursing <laughs> school and I got my second degree in nursing. And, um, but throughout that whole time, I always did music, like, you know, church related um, and then in 2010, this was a huge catalyst. Um, I'm Haitian American. So my parents immigrated here from Haiti. And when the earthquake hit Haiti in 2010, that really, I ended up going to Haiti as a nurse and oh, wow. really just being in the trenches. Yeah. And that was when I was like, Oh snap, like life is short. Like I'm thinking I have all this time. Maybe, you know, I need to be, I need to start considering music more. And, because I've always known that music is my thing. Like, I've always known that in my heart of hearts. I was probably too afraid to do it, too afraid to really just step out on faith and just be like, oh, this is what I want to do, to even claim it. But I feel like what tragedy can do for you is give you clarity. And I think the earthquake gave me so much clarity on my purpose, what I knew I was always meant here to do, but was like sort of running away from or just didn't have the courage to really even admit it to myself. So after I came back from Haiti, I knew that I was going to up singing a little bit more and maybe start phasing out nursing. And then I auditioned for American Idol and that whole thing happened. And then once American Idol happened, I just knew I couldn't go back. I just knew that it was, it was like, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be singing. And 
I really am just so proud of myself for being able to do something that's like seriously scary, like to just completely change careers and to not know how things are going to work out. You know what I mean? And to not know anybody in the entertainment industry, not know how anything works. But, um, but my former self, she was brave. She was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to trust that everything falls into place. And so it's been really fun. I've, I, I can't, yeah, I can't even describe how music has opened up so many doors for me that I would have never even known were possible from being able to sing, you know, the national anthem at different sporting events to acting, um, to doing commercials, to being able to travel overseas, to being able to be, um, go to Austria. Like there are just so many cool things that have happened just because I decided to, to trust that it was all going to work out. Wow, so, that's beautiful. I think yeah. the biggest blessing too is just just doing something that you have a passion for because so many of us, mm -hmm. we don't get to pursue our passion. So I think it's great that you actually took a chance and decided to go ahead and pursue your passion because, you know, when you live in a life full of passion, it's a beautiful life. Like, I, <laughs> right. that's, the, that's the point I'm striving to get to, to be at a place where I'm actually doing something that I'm passionate about and something that I want to do. I think that's what all... I think that's what most humans want, pretty much everyone, but I think the special ones actually get to that point. So I guess I would consider mm -hmm. you a special one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Now, oh, thank you so much. Now, the difference, I, I'm, the difference like in, in performing, and like, have you ever performed in like a, like a large venue? Mm hmm So would you prefer, yeah. like, do you prefer to, do you prefer performing in the larger venues or like the small lounges, like intimate settings? What do you, what, well, what do you consider a larger venue? Um, <laughs> like, what do you consider the capacity to be? At least 10,000. 10,000. Okay. So the experiences that I've had with really large, like huge audiences have been usually in the national anthem setting. Right. So I performed, I would say probably my biggest crowd today would probably be, I performed the national anthem at a Broncos game. Yo, wow. that was like 70 something thousand people there. That was, at what? Of course. <laughs> I was so nervous. And I was like, I just remember telling myself, like, you cannot mess up these lyrics. I don't know why. You know what I mean? You always hear about, like, you want to look up the national anthem lyrics. And I was like, don't mess up. Don't mess up. But, Here's the thing. I think I haven't had a ton of experience with the huge, because like that huge. But of course, like when I've done like the Nuggets, it's been like twenty thousand or whatever. Um, there's something really electric about both. So, what is really cool with the large, like huge audiences that you can't you can't really look into like people's eyeballs and like individually like you can in a lounge which i absolutely love i love being able to look people in the face and you know what i mean have that like personal person to person connection but what is really so cool about being in a huge venue is the like you can feel the electricity of the room like i remember how exhilarating it felt when i was singing the national anthem for the broncos because you could just you could i don't know it's like you could pick up on the seventy thousand people that were there and that like adrenaline rush and 
And so even though I couldn't see people's faces individually, I still felt them sort of like as a whole. Does that make oh, sense? Yeah. Oh, so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there was like, yeah, there were, it, feels, it feels very communal, like, because it, it's just so, so many people are there. So that's magical in its own way, like being able to sort of be one of the many um, in that setting. Because I just remember after I sang, hearing like the rumble and the cheering, it was like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, there's just that, I felt like I was like floating, like it was incredible. So there's that. But then there's also something so delicious about a small, intimate lounge um, where you're able to look people in the face, where you're able to like individually pick up on people's like individual energies and let that feed you and let you know, that live experience be what it is. So I don't know if I necessarily have a preference. Like if you had asked me this a few years ago, I probably would have been like, yeah, I totally prefer the intimate stuff. But I think they're both really magical just in different ways. And all of it, live performances always feel um, unique because they can only happen in the way they do at that moment in time. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter if I'm doing the same show in different places, the audience is always different the vibe is different, which means that what is created that night will always be different. And that I'm creating, I'm creating with the audience. Like we're creating together. We are co-creating and that is powerful. And I love it. And I'm here I'll, for it all the time. I'll, I'll say this. So I've, me and my wife, we've, we've been to quite a few performances. So we went to see Jill Scott. Mm -hmm. She was like a, like a soul fashion, um, outdoor venue. Yeah. That was, that was nice. Yeah. But for me, I, I preferred it, um, like the lounge. And I'll tell you why. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we went to, um, so we've been, to, we've been to two. So the first one we went to see, we went to see uh, Cy Smith. And Cy Smith was in a club in D.C. called Blues Alley. It's really small, mm -hmm. I intimate set. Mm -hmm. Oh, you've been there? Yep. Okay. I performed there, yeah, yep. I love Blues Alley. Mm -hmm. So it's a, small, it's a small set now. It's a little tight, but you can mm -hmm. actually... Like you can actually feel the instruments, you can actually feel the voice. So of I like course. that setting. And then we went to City Winery where you'll be September twenty fourth. That's like right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that that setting was nice too. We went to see um, we saw Kanye Dawes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Oh yes, of course. Kanye Dawes okay. is wonderful. Yeah, she's actually nice too. We she took a picture with me. And everything. She's really nice. And she did her performance, and she would let people like, um, like you know, like what song you want to hear. So her and her band would improvise. So for me, that was a bad experience. Like I think if you're in a larger venue, you're not going to improvise on the fly. You're just going yes. to do your set. That's true. And leave. Whereas in those intimate settings, you may you may feel a vibe of the room. You're like, you know what? Is mm -hmm. it a song you guys want to hear? And you may play that song. So I right. like the smaller venue. Right. I you know what and I think as an audience member, I'm gonna say I probably like the smaller venues too. Like because you you just yeah, but I feel like as a performer, I don't know. <laughs> and okay, so here's an example. I went to the Pepsi Center, which is like our big, you know, like where the Nuggets play and whatever, and and Stevie Wonder was there. And it was literally probably one of the best I was probably the best concert I've ever been to. Um, where he played for four hours. I mean, he gave us, like, wow. he just, it was incredible. But it was huge. 
But somehow he was able to make it feel like intimate. I don't know how you can do that in like a 20,000, you know, whatever. But yeah, so I, you know, I completely agree with you. There's something really just special about being able to be a part of a, of that moment in a smaller setting because yeah, stuff, stuff is definitely going to be more catered to you, you know, like, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's so cool. I wanted to close with, um, with this question. What do you want the listeners to gather from your album? Oh, I want them to be empowered. Honestly, I want them to feel like they are enough, that they are beautiful just as they are, and to walk around and move through life with ease. Because I feel like that's that's the kind of energy that I put into the album. And so I hope people can just feel feel ease. (laughs) Ease, empowerment, and feel good about themselves and love themselves. That's, That's what I want, yeah. I think that's the perfect answer. <laughs> um, I want to again. I just want to thank you so much for doing this. Um, it's been a pleasure and it's been an honor to have these uh, this this thirty to forty minutes with you. I truly appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for having me. It um, means you, so much, really. Would you like to have the? Um, would you like to tell the listeners how they can follow you on social media? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at I am such on Facebook. If you just search I am such or facebook.com forward slash I am such. My website is I am I am com. So I am such.com. And my Twitter is at such. And I'm very active on social media. So if you reach out to me, I will respond. Yes, I, will. I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you again. And actually, those who listening in the DMV area, she will be coming here on September 24th, the City Winery. That's so right. Yes. Be a great and I chance cannot to wait. Check her out. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. We're going to have a great time. All right. Well, again, thank you for doing this. And thank you all for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>